Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome to this meeting of Sexholics Anonymous. My name is David, and I am from Portland, Oregon, and I will be your facilitator for this session. Um, and I am at this point alone. Many of the sessions will have more than one facilitator at this point. Well, not it's not going to change. I'm I'm the only one for this session. Uh, this is a session on applying the twelve traditions in our daily lives. The conference has uh, set up a set of workshop uh, breakout meetings on all the traditions uh, that are on the program, and they've asked that I give an overview and try to create enthusiasm for going to more sessions on the traditions, which I'm happy to do, and I'll say more about that. Uh, please t- take a moment to silence all electronic devices. If you need to use yours during this meeting, please take it outside. Uh, I have set my timer to go off at 4.15, because uh, we're supposed to end at 4.20, so at some point in the future that will start beeping, I hope. Uh, I ask you if you would join me in a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. Serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the spirit of the Twelfth Tradition to carry the message, this meeting is being recorded. The recorder will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish to share and when during that time later on, please speak directly into the microphone so the listener uh, can follow you. If you do not wish to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Please do not touch any of the recording equipment. And then the suggestion is that, um, as facilitator about applying the 12 traditions to our daily lives, I talk for a while about the traditions and then open it up to you, which I basically will do. I would like to go through each of the 12 traditions, though, so it's and not at great length, but just to have touched on each one. And that's going to take a little more time than I might normally spend. I'm quite happy to open the floor up. Um, so I'll be watching the time, especially if I put my watch where I can see it. I will be watching the time and, and leave, uh, try to leave at least 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes for you all to share. Having said that, um, if you do wish to share and you're willing to be recorded, if you'd come up and sit in these chairs to my left, I'll move the microphone over there. And uh, we'd be glad to have you not only be a participant, but also to be a part of the recording. Uh, I'm David. I'm a sexaholic. My sobriety date, by the grace of God, is August 2nd, 1988, for which I can never be sufficiently grateful. And in the 12 traditions, um, I always frequently extract these two um, paragraphs that are on page whatever, one or two, or no, page 15 of the uh, 12 steps and 12 traditions are in my mind uh, really pretty much constantly, especially the first one. 
AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life can expel the obsession to drink or to lust and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. I hold on to that last phrase, to enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. AA's 12 traditions apply to the life of the fellowship itself. They outline the means by which AA maintains its unity and relates itself to the world about it, the way it lives and grows. And and the last phrase of that is in my mind frequently, the way it lives and grows. Having read that about the 12 steps and 12 traditions, however, um, it might be more useful to uh, go back to the basic distinction that AA draws. I have no idea how old this is. Uh, the 12 steps uh, keep us from committing suicide, and the 12 traditions keep us from committing homicide. And and that latter, um, I wish it was just figurative. Well, it really is, because I've never heard of anybody in SA killing each other yet. Um, but certainly um, in our daily lives. Uh, I just was on the phone right before this meeting started with a man who's having very significant um, legal problems and in our fellowship. And he said, well, if, if I keep feeling this way, I'm just going to go kill myself. And I said, well, okay, if you uh, kill yourself, what's going to happen next? And so I had him walk, th- think through the drink, as we say. And he got uh, to the point at which, um, well, my parents will be unhappy with me. And I said, well, so what will you do next? What will happen next? Of course, he's talking about being dead. And um, But what happens next is the effects of uh, that self-destruction uh, just affect the people around him who know him for generations. Um, and I know that from my own family. I was telling him uh, my aunt committed suicide, and, and at age 70, her daughter, 50 years later, was still dealing with the consequences of it. So this not, uh, in our selfishness, self-centeredness, not committing homicide by uh, really just inflicting a cruel blow on the people who love us is a big part of the traditions. Now, talking about death and murder is not the same as a lot of these traditions, but for me, that's the context of it. And I have found personally, uh, Dan, when he came in, asked me if I had worked the 12 traditions. Uh, Yes, I have, and I do every day, uh, because um, I have a disease of selfishness, self-centeredness, and that requires daily attention. And, And to not only not do myself in, but then to not... Um, damage others is just a constant opportunity. And that's where the traditions begin in Tradition 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on SA unity. Uh, Our common welfare should come first is the direct assault on that selfishness, self-centeredness that characterizes my disease. Um, And that is to get myself out of the center of every picture, (laughs) which is frequently where I start. I won't pretend that that doesn't happen. Um, But uh, to remember that I am a part of a larger network. The number of times guys have called me and said, well, I'm home alone and I want to uh, look at pornography or I want to uh, call up someone I'd acted out with or go to a, you know, a location or something. I have heard that so many times and I always respond in exactly the same way. The fantasy that you are alone is doing a lot of the damage. We are never alone. We wouldn't be in this program if we were alone. There are people who love us. There are people who are affected by our choices. 
And, and to get myself out of this fantasy that I'm alone is um, a fundamental part of working tradition one in my personal life. And then the other thing is to remember that I cannot recover alone. I cannot be free from lust, from the effects of being addicted to lust alone. I, I need the group. I need whatever you know my situation is in terms of family. Uh, I need um, individuals who are answer phone calls and and uh, and knowing that um, my recovery as an individual depends on that unity. It, yes, it's for the group. There's no doubt about it. That particular one is, at least in my experience, uh, very clearly uh, for the individual, namely me. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Um, in terms of the group, I think this is, um, of course, the source of the group conscience, taking the group conscience. It's the source of keeping people who have been around for a long time uh, who might be bleeding deacons instead of wise elders. That's a, a challenge I try to keep in front of myself. Um, you know, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Okay, in terms of the groups, that makes a lot of sense, this tradition. For individually working the traditions in, in my life and in our personal lives, um, I think that's, it's, in my experience, the purpose of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions is to develop a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. And that's pretty much what the steps and traditions say. And so um, to acknowledge that that power greater than myself has ultimate authority um, keeps me in that context. It goes back to what I was saying about tradition one. I'm never alone, and I'm also never unaccountable um, for my behaviors. I tell people we have lots of pieces of really, really bad news in Sexaholics Anonymous. One of the worst pieces of news is that if you've ever been sober for 24 hours, you have all the tools you need to be sober the rest of your life. And it's on you if you're not. It's not on anybody else. And and that's part of that uh, working tradition, true, too, that a loving God, as he may express himself in the community of the people of whom I'm a part, uh, is what will keep me sober if I'm willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God today and all that other stuff we do in the steps. Um, and then um, to remember that my ego, there's nothing wrong with having an ego. We have to have one. There's a lot wrong with letting that ego run the show, and especially when it comes to my addiction and my compulsive behaviors and to thinking I'm the center of the picture, to thinking that this really is all about me. Um, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern is a reminder that my, well, as it says in the A big book, um, how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. That's the proper use of the will. And to uh, keep myself in balance in my relationship to my own sense of God, my higher power, um, is tradition two in my personal life. Tradition three, the only requirement for SA memberships is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. That's our our tradition. Uh, the SA one just, I mean, the AA one just says drinking, of course. The um, remembering that, well, one thing that happens for me in, in the tradition and the steps, all the steps and the traditions, is to remember that the pronoun in all of them is we. It's not I. It's us. It's not, you know, me as a separate entity. 
And that's one of the things, many things I love about 12-step recovery. One of them is that it's all, everything that's there has come out of bitter experience. Um, I tell people in relationship like the fire safety codes that everything in the fire safety code is there because of a tragedy. Well, it's the same with everything that's in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. It's because of a tragedy. It's because something disastrous happened in an individual's life, yes, but in the community life that was affected by that individual. And tradition three is saying, you know, we have a right to be healthy. We have a right to get to a point where I can stop inflicting damage on myself and on others, or maybe on others and on myself. Um, and the only requirement uh, is for me to belong is to have that desire to be different than the way I am. On the night of August 1st, 1988, I was being um, uh, challenged. <laughs> My wife was screaming at me is what she was doing. And, um, and I was, what she was actually accusing me of hadn't happened. What I was doing, however, was totally worth being yelled at. And, um, and what happened was that night I totally ran out of words and I'm, I'm a good at talking relatively. And so I, um, being speechless was a big deal. <laughs> it got my attention and what I didn't realize was that's the moment when the desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober first took root, is when I ran out of excuses, when I ran out of, uh, as Clancy says, the AA speaker Clancy, uh, we all rally under the flag that says, but you don't understand, I'm different from you. Uh, that was the night I first had an inkling that perhaps uh, not only was something wrong, that I'd been aware of for a long time, but that I really was just a part of a bigger group. The next day is when I came into SA. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. How many people have um, panicked over this idea of turning their will and their lives over to God or you know, sharing that stuff we promised we'd never share with anybody, we promised ourselves, um, and... Um, you know, having acknowledging that our, our character defects are sometimes pretty damaging to ourselves and other people, things like that. And and it's perfectly fine to have our lives to, you know, we depend. The biggest single organ in our bodies is our skin. And if we didn't have that skin, we wouldn't be able to function. I mean, if the lifespan would be measured in minutes and not hours or days or years or decades. And it's the same with our ability to do things for ourselves. You know, we all have our uh, capacities and gifts and weaknesses and and um, energies and, of course, environment and experiences and all those, whatever those things are that are ours. And it's perfectly fine to use them as long as I stay in relationship to my awareness with other people, all those people that depend on me, as I was talking about earlier. All those, and... Um, so to to say I'm being deprived of something is just a lie in my experience. And I was, just wrote someone yesterday, uh, a text message actually, um, that the goal of the things we uh, try to do is to have serenity and freedom. And uh, by the time someone comes to SA, they haven't got freedom anymore. They may tell themselves they do, I understand that. Uh, but the freedom has been lost. We tend to do the same things over and over again, and we don't know why we can't stop. Um, and then serenity has usually been out the window many years since. Um, today, I can say that for me, uh, I'd rather be serene than right is just 
it, it runs in my head constantly and affects a lot of the choices I make and the situations I put myself in. So to have my own decision-making to uh, live my life uh, as best David is able to live it is fine, as long as I remember how does it affect other groups, the other people in my life, and how does it affect society that I'm a part of. Tradition five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic or sexaholic who still suffers. The... um, while this clearly applies to the group, there's no, and the primary purpose is of great importance to us, that's for sure. And when we slip away from it, that's also of great importance to us. Uh, individually, working the step, the traditions in my life, uh, this one actually turns out to have a very, um, an effect on me that I need every day. And it, it seems a little, obs- it, it doesn't seem that anymore. It used to seem a little obscure to me how it affects me every day. And then I, I realized that um, for whatever reason, and I could come up, I could tell you what the reasons are, but it really doesn't matter. For whatever reason, one of the things that has been given to me is the capacity to reach out to other sexaholics and to equally importantly let other sexaholics reach out to me. And I am qualified to be in Sexaholics Anonymous. I tell people that we have very low standards for admission and everyone has to reach them. And uh, I more than can document my qualifications. Um, But what this means in terms of me individually is that that's who David is. I'm a sexaholic. I'm sober today by the grace of my higher power and working the 12 steps and 12 traditions. At the same time, what has happened is I have been set on this path for whatever reason, as I said, and uh, and I get to keep, as it says in the AA literature, of course, in our literature too, I get to keep whatever it is I give away. Now, that's a spiritual concept, quite frankly, and it's found in a lot of other traditions. My sponsor used to say, David, there's nothing new in 12-step recovery. It's all been begged, borrowed, or stolen. Um, what is difference is we're using it to benefit uh, sex addicts, people dealing with sexaholism. And, and so uh, having acknowledging that that is part of my job, um, whether I asked for it or not doesn't matter. I, I tell people, because it's true, I never signed up to be a sexaholic. Uh, I didn't choose that as a graduate studies or anything like that. Um, I just uh, went that direction. And so staying in recovery, which is what I've been focused on for a long time, um, I work Tradition 5. That, that's my primary purpose. I do tell people that in terms of priorities in my life today, I find my first priority has to be in my relationship with God. And for that is also, as I said, the 12 steps and traditions, because those are oriented towards that relationship. And then my family, my immediate family, my wife, and, and when the kids were with me, my kids. And then everything else, my job, my, my things I do for fun, avocations, um, things that just amuse me, whatever. Those are all fine as long as they're third. <laughs> and if I change the priorities, it's a problem. And this Tradition 5 is keeping that alignment. Tradition 6, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA. And I won't change it for this purpose. To any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige, divert us from our primary purpose. Uh, the next four traditions were more of a challenge to apply to my life uh, initially, and yet as I sort of grew into them, um, they've been easier and easier. And that is um, that part of my self-centered disease 
is I like to be important. I like to be recognized and applauded. Uh, I put myself in situations uh, where I think I'm in control of something. I mean, I don't do those today the way I used to do them because I'm aware of what I'm doing. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that tendency is there. And to keep myself uh, in balance. Um, many years ago, uh, <laughs> this is so funny, I just I never made this connection until this very second. Many years ago, my sponsor said, David, I want you to do a fourth step. I said, okay, fine. And I said, on what? And he said, ask your wife. That was not what I wanted to hear. And uh, so I went, I said, okay, I will. And so I went and asked my wife. And what she asked me to do a fourth step on, which I did, and shared it right away with my sponsor, uh, David, I'd like you to do, she said, David, I'd like you to do a fourth step on making people feel more important than they actually are. And that, <coughs> get all emotional, that was a wonderful fourth step, and it's exactly tradition six. Uh, I kept forging these imaginary outside affiliations or 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 harmful, or distracting, or de uh, detracting from our marriage, or whatever, uh, our relationship, the relationship I had with her, uh, and with my kids. Um, I was in a profession where, uh, I'm retired now, a profession where spending time away from the family was the norm, not the exception. And, and uh, you know, I, I, this tradition turned out to be really important to me. I I only retired five years ago, so I had 23 years of working and needing this tradition. And um, and uh, to have all these outside affiliations uh, detracting from my priorities, as I said, was a big deal. Tradition seven, every SA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Um, that turns out to be one of the easiest to work uh, in our uh, um, in my daily life. Uh, to be responsible for the money I bring in and the, how the money goes out. Um, and to not lay it on other people and to not have secrets um, about money um, and to do what I need to do. And there are people, um, some of them call me. <laughs> They're never, they don't call very often actually. Um, but um, I really, I think it's being important, I think it's really important to be able to uh, take care of ourselves financially. And a lot of people are not into that. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I just don't think it works for us. Um, and to not depend on someone else's uh, generosity or, or kindness uh, in terms of sharing their money, I think is a, is a recovery issue for me anyway. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Um, what I have found in my personal recovery, that and, and it kind of focuses on this in the 12 and 12, um, I can't take the tools I have, and, and Tradition 9 is similarly, uh, and, and sell them. They, they were given to me as a gift. I can't sell them in return. I can, but it's, it's going to go backwards on me. It'll, it'll become the, the, the priorities will get screwed up. And, um, and that's how I interpret Tradition 8 in terms of my daily life. Uh, it's okay for me to put a lot of energy into this fellowship. I just uh, can't do it, uh, or into working with other people. I just can't do it in a professional way where, where I'm paid for it or given special esteem for it or anything like that. 
AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they served. Again, um, I can I can be as involved as I want to be in events and outside groups as long as they're in the proper priority. That would be third priority. Uh, for instance, a lot of people in meetings go out to eat afterwards. It's great. It's wonderful recovery. It still, in my experience, has to be the third priority. We do it for fun, not to connect with God. Um, I do it to, to uh, you know, because I want to feel part of the group. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Again, as long as I'm honest. If my wife needs me home and I say, no, I'm going to go out with the guys afterwards to eat, then, then I've I'm, I'm got a tradition problem there. Um, and, um, and being uh, open about my commitments and not over-engaging is another part of Tradition 9. I'm trying to keep moving here so there's time to share. Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the SA name ought never be drawn in public controversy. It turns out that this tradition is, I probably have to work this one as often as any other traditions in my daily life. One, two, three, I do every day in some form or another. And this one too. Uh, I am very opinionated. And uh, I have become somewhat known in my home area for being the guy who says, you know, if I want all of my problems in my recovery and my life since I came into this program have been caused by my having opinions. Whether I think something's good, bad, right, wrong, helpful or unhelpful, friendly or unfriendly, um, you know, mean or nice, or whatever, it doesn't matter what opinion I have, uh, it's, it's the beginning of problems. And, and to begin to have no opinions uh, has given me, well, speaking of my goals of serenity and freedom, it's given me serenity and freedom in spades. Um, I didn't know that was an option. I thought I had to have opinions. It turned out that I can state who I am. I don't have to lie about who I am or what my concerns are. I can just state it as a, you know, this is who I am today and, and not make it an opinion. Like, I'm better than you, I'm worse than you, so on. Our national politics give me ample opportunity to practice that tradition. Uh, tradition 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and films. Um, it's interesting, this is an aside, how the traditions age. This one says, in AA, it still says it, press, radio, and films. And then when our traditions were written, we added television. How irrelevant all of those are now. I mean, on my block, I think there's only, out of probably 25, 30 houses, there are three houses or four houses that get a newspaper. Um, the number of people that listen to broadcast radio, other than just to hear music, perhaps, uh, decreases daily. And um, while people still go to movies, the vast majority of their visual consumption is happening probably through some internet means. And and yet the, the, the emphasis on the tradition and working it in my daily life is still true. That I don't have to promote, uh, and I certainly did this. I was just like any other person in their first five years of sobriety. Boy, this is just wonderful. You should have it too. I ruined some very nice friendships by telling people, you know, I've discovered that I can always tell whether someone's an, an addict or not because I really like them. Um, <laughs> if I can save you any trouble, that was a really dumb thing to say, and I destroyed some nice relationships doing it moving my sense of self in terms of letting whatever I'm doing or not doing be attractive 
rather than promoting it, uh, has turned out to be an important tradition. And the last one, and then I'll open up to you. Uh, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Um, the anonymity, of course, can mean keeping our identities secret, and that's fine. We need that frequently, especially with our addiction. Um, at the same time, it also means coming in as equals. We have a common problem. We have a common solution. And, and to realize that I am no better than or no worse than. For many years, I used to say I'm just another bozo on the bus in AA. I've heard the same thing in AA meetings. And, and yet, you know, even that is, is kind of making myself special. Um, why not just show up and be a human being doing the best job he can today and, and let that be enough? And to use the 12th tradition and that anonymity and, and the principle of being a part of a group, uh, again, back to tradition one, um, rather than being someone special has been important. I know I went on a little longer uh, than will happen in some of the other breakout groups, but I wanted to give you some flavor anyway, I hope, for the traditions and how it's possible to work them in our daily lives, um, as well as not commit homicide in our group meetings. Um, one last thing, and then I'll open it up. And if you do want to come up, in fact, if anybody wants to share, and you know you do, just come on up now and we can get that part over with, um, or underway, I should say, not over with. Uh, if you've not read the long form of the traditions in the back of the 12 and 12, I strongly suggest it. Um, I guess I'll stop there. I strongly suggest it. Uh, let me read this, and we'll start with you and any of the rest of you who wish to ask questions or share are welcome to do so. Here are the guidelines for sharing at this meeting. If you would like to share, please come up ahead of your term and make a line by sitting in the assigned chairs. When it's your turn to share, please speak clearly so that everyone can hear you, and please speak close to the microphone. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis on honesty, recovery, and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and 12 traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. If someone feels another is getting inappropriate or explicit or focusing excessively on the problem rather than the solution, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Although this is an anonymous meeting, please remember that anonymity does not mean legal confidentiality. The state of New Jersey has specific regulations that mandate specific behaviors to be reported. Please be mindful of what you share to not break your own or another member's anonymity. And um, we have slightly over 15 minutes left, so maybe if you can keep what you're sharing to three minutes or less, um, people have a chance to share, and I hope others of you will share too. You're up. Dan, sexaholic. Uh, thank you, David, for your lead. Um, when I came into the the program, I, I remember uh, hearing that the traditions are what guide how how we run our meetings, and so I was appreciative of of them for that reason because meetings were were very important to me as I began in my recovery journey. Um, but it seemed to I thought at the time that I had kind of an understanding of like you know we don't cross talk and. Uh, you know, we don't break anonymity and things like that. And so it's like, yeah, so I, I've read the traditions, you know, I can, I can take them at face value and, and that's great. Um, but I didn't go much beyond that. Um, uh, I came to the, uh, the convention last summer for whatever reason. Uh, one of the things I came away with from that was this kind of deeper understand or awareness. It was not an understanding at the time, but this awareness that the traditions could be uh, applied, not just to meetings, but actually to, to my relationships and my personal life. 
Um, my wife is an Essanon and they have, uh, in Essanon, they have, they have workbooks for everything. They got workbooks for steps. They got workbooks for the traditions. And my wife had, um, had used, uh, one of the, one of their workbooks to do the traditions. And I thought, you know, if this is something that that's helped her, then it might be something I could look into. Um, and so I asked my sponsor if he'd be willing to do it with me. And so we got, uh, some, some workbooks from Al-Anon and we've been working through the traditions over the past year about how to apply the traditions in, in, uh, in my daily life. And, um, it's been really helpful for me. And so I was, uh, very interested when I saw this, this session here, I wanted to come and, and hear what other people's experiences have been. Um, but, uh, the workbook has been really helpful. I think for me, just because there are, uh, there's the traditions really are, are way richer than what I gave them credit for. And just reading them at face value, there's a lot more there. Um, some of the things which David mentioned, um, Mess Monster and I have come up with acronyms for the, you know, it's got to be God first and then others and then me. Um, and so we, we, we say God and then you and then me. And so we've got the acronym Jim, um, God, you, me. And so that's uh, something we'll remind each other of frequently when we meet. Uh, uh, one other just, yeah. Um, one other thing which truly has, has helped me was this idea of being, um, uh, Having coming to meetings for for tradition three in the in the Al-Anon tradition says that we you know the only requirement for membership be that there is a problem of sexaholism in the in the friend or family and that we gather together for mutual aid and that idea of mutual aid has been really important for me because um, I like to either come to meetings to to get help um, or on on different occasions I want to you know I like to come to come to meetings and and like fix people uh, and that's that's not what mutual aid is about there's uh, it's got to go both ways. And, uh, so it's been an important thing for me. Um, there've been a ton of things I've learned from, from all of the traditions, which I obviously don't have time to share with, with right now, but that's, uh, been something that's been like the next step in my recovery is working the traditions and applying them to all of the relationships in my life at family and at work and, uh, everywhere else, not just how meetings work. So thank you. Hi everyone. My name is Jack. I'm a recovered sexaholic. Um, right now, um, I'm trying to apply the traditions in my own life, how my life is going. Um, and we, my wife and I, we just drove uh, sixteen thousand or sixteen hundred kilometers to this convention. It was a three-day adventure, and it was just amazing adventure. Uh, when we get lost, we remember that uh, the car's pointing in the right direction and our higher power is guiding us and we're looking after each other as we're going. Um, it works only when I work it. If I, if, I keep, if I keep focused on my higher power, keep focused on what's important in my life, which is like <laughs> right now it's... Uh, it's this program, and it's my family, um, specifically my wife, because she's right here with me, and um, we're we're working it together. And when we get lost, when we lose our direction, um, we can easily stop and refocus and talk to the guy in the bar or talk to the guy in the hotel and find out the directions that we need to get us going in this way. Um, last night we came in here after dark. We had been lost for like 
a long time right in right in Newark. And I was like, what a place. Love it. <laughs> uh we pull into the ho- into into the Hilton Hotel and we ask the guy, it's like, you know, how do we get here? And he says, I can tell you, but you'd never be able to follow it. And the the woman at the desk, she Googled and printed this out a map, and it's like, no way. So we hired a taxi, and the taxi drove ahead of us and led us right to the hotel. It's like, thank you, Lord, you know, trust my navigator, you know. And my navigator is my wife and my, and my higher power, and that's what we're doing. So thank you very much. Thanks, I'll pass. Hi, my name is Shmuel, grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, first of all, I really appreciate your lead, your share. Um, I think I, the more I bring the principles, the traditions in my life, I get more serenity. Um, two of the principles, you know, it sticks out. The one of them, more recently, um, obviously, starts with the groups. It starts with the primary purpose is the group, not me. Um, and then one of the traditions, I forgot which one it is, that, um, you know, the group conscious is God conscious. And tradition... No, t- t- tradition. Yeah, the second tradition. Um, you know, I had different expectations many times in business meetings. I used to do service. I do still a lot, a lot of service on the local level. And when stuff don't go my way in the business meeting... Um, I think it's wrong and I even say I know it's wrong and I need to surrender it um, because that's God's will um, and recently I got upset with something in SA how people are handling a certain issue um, and it was a vote on the issue so I believe it's that issue you know that's God's will um, and as long as I remember that um, even if my meeting decides to close this with jumping jacks by the end. I'm just okay. It could be whatever it is. I have no, I believe that's my higher power. And this it was different stuff. I came up in the business meeting and recently I didn't even vote. I, felt, I don't know if that's okay, but you know, I felt I could leave the room. I don't have to control, you know, and God will um, make stuff how it needs to work out. Um, also being self-supporting. Um, I'm so grateful, you know, it was very scary for me. Um, but I got married. First of all, thank God I got married in recovery about two years ago, and I was in recovery sober at the time. And in my community, many people take money from the in-laws, and my in-laws wanted to give me money, and my wife didn't want it. And people encouraged me to take money, and I just and I decided, you know, I think it was based on this tradition not to take money from my in-laws, and we're just so free compared to all my brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws. Um, I'm recently married and we managed to be self-supporting and I just get so much freedom. Um, I wanted to ask one question with the traditions, you know, how you interpret it. It's just my personal, um, right now situation. Um, I started a new career in sales, um, selling real estate, being an agent. And they always say in the business, you know, be in contact with the people close to you and the people closest to me are really people in the room. Um, so where do I draw the line, you know, with anonymity, if I give a newcomer very nicely, you know, it's, Hey, here's my number, call me anytime. And I give a business card, you know, am I breaking really anonymity and 
generally I have my priority. Is it wrong? You know, if I tell people in the meeting, this is what I'm doing. If you have any thoughts. Thanks. Um, I think, thank you very much. Uh, and I'll give it back to you in one second. Um, that's a really good, I have a profession, several professions too, where I can overlap. Um, I have multiple things. And um, what I have found that always has created the problem is secrecy. Um, that if I'm doing it in secret, and, and functionally that means check it out with my sponsor, check it out with other people in the group, and then check it out with the people I'm dealing with. You know, it may be awkward for you to have to deal with someone who's actually, you're going to see in meetings. <laughs> That's fine. I say I, I respect that, you know. And yet I do have certain things I can offer that are often useful. So I, that's how I personally have dealt with it. Uh, let's go back to a couple more people. We have about five minutes. Okay, thanks for your lead. Um, one of my favorite readings... Oh, hi, my name is Velvel. I'm a sexaholic. Um, really grateful to be here. Um, one of my favorite readings is at the end of every re every meeting. There are t uh, anything you heard here, it's strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Our program can be found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. And that is it, it. that says that the whole program of SA or AA is really two pages. That's it. The whole book, it, that's all That's all commentary, and that's all the experience, strength, and hope of the members, which is very nice, but the program is the 12 steps and 12 traditions, and as long as I'm doing that, then I'm, I'm going somewhere good. And as long as I'm following some step or, 12 tra or some tradition, this idea of, of applying traditions in my, in, my, in my personal life was a very new concept to me that my sponsor introduced to me a couple years back, especially in, in my family. And for me, the traditions what they do is they, they set guideposts for all my relationships. So ultimately the steps is personally for me, it's between me and my God. But the traditions is, is I'm a classroom teacher for my, and I'm around people all day. Um, so it's guideposts and it says that there is, I don't want to use the word the right way, but there is some objective guides that I can use that can guide my my relationships with my wife, my children, my parents. As long as I'm following some tradition, then I'm doing something. And it says, okay, yeah, this I'm, I'm doing this. You know, a personal personal favorite of mine is that a, uh, personal recovery depends on group unity. And something my sponsor reminds me of all the time. And he says, you're in a group, you're in a marriage, you're in a family, and that's a family group. And personal recovery depends on group unity. And that's that. And what's best for the family comes first because that's good for me. Um, I also really appreciate the, the interpretation of anonymity as being, I'm just a regular, I'm, I'm just another sex addict when I walk in here, and it doesn't matter anything I do. Um, just in regards to the question that was raised, I was told by my sponsor, and to uh, I, I go to a small meeting, so it's easier for me to keep, but I do not bring any business into the meeting at all, period. I will not conduct any business with people in my meeting because it just didn't end well. <laughs> I had a few bad experiences, and it just that's a clear line that I across. Even though, and meeting is is strictly off limits for business purposes. Um, I guess I'll I'll stop here. Thanks. Come on over. I just um, what you just said about the you had some couple of bad experiences, um, and as I said, one thing I trust about twelve step recovery it's the traditions and steps are there because things didn't go right, you know, and we're just benefiting from other people's finding what did did work, and I have found the same thing and i tell everybody to remind myself drifting is not the problem it's what do i do when i realize i've drifted that is the problem do i come back in the center and that's what i heard you describe hey. 
Okay. Hey, everyone. I'm Greg. I'm a sexaholic. Thank you for leading. Thank you for all the previous shares. Um, I just wanted to reflect on one of the traditions, um, and I'll make this quick. Um, I believe it's the third tradition. The only uh, requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting. And that's something I've been reflecting on with my sponsor recently is because, you know, I have so many desires in my life, but sometimes some of these desires become demands. And having a desire for me is not a bad thing, but I'm demanding things from God. I'm demanding to have the perfect body rather than saying it's a desire or to be in a relationship. It's funny, I just got off of a relationship for two years and her father, I'm studying to become clergy, her father's clergy, He's an addictions counselor. Well, I'm an addict. Um, but, uh, you know, I have this, des- I say I have this desire to be in a relationship and he's telling me, no, you're just, you have a demand from God. You know, God is the fu- is fulfilling your desires, but your desire right now has to be to become sexually sober. And right now you're saying, God, keep me sober today because you're not willing to give it up. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, I say I want to be sober, but I that's because I don't want to give it up. It's like I want it pulled from me, but you know, if I'm not willing to give myself over to my higher power, then he respects that as well. And um, I have to recognize that if my desire is to be with God, that is to say to stop acting out and to become sexually sober, if that's my desire, then I'll recognize that my higher power is fulfilling all of my desires. And reflecting on what you had mentioned before, it's priorities. I think C.S. Lewis said, first things first and you'll get everything else. But if you put second things first, then I totally misquoted that. But I have to recognize, I have to put first things first. And that's my sobriety. That's recovery. And then I'll see that everything else will fall into place in God's time. So thank you. I would like to, does anyone have a burning desire that if you leave this room and you didn't share one sentence, you're just going to feel you really, I wish I had? I just want to prevent the opportunity. Okay, yeah, just real, real short. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'll repeat what you say. I just had no idea that it's worth the 12 traditions in your daily life. I read every day and I'm reading from that. It's cool. Novel concept. The novel concept of working the 12 traditions in your life. That's great. Thank you. And and he shared that working the traditions, he came expecting just to resent being here and, in fact, has found it useful. Uh, that's <laughs> translation. <laughs> you can't see the smile on the tape. Um, we are sure that I'd like to read with the closing words of the 12 and 12, and then we'll close this meeting. We are sure that humility expressed by anonymity is the greatest safeguard that Sexaholics Anonymous can ever have. And I need to read this paragraph, which is familiar to us. In closing, anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly with SA in the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone speak for SA. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet to learn about an SA to yourself. The shares we have heard were told in confidence. Do not, please do not repeat what you have heard about another member to anyone who is not actually here at this meeting at 
the time it was shared. And please remember what we say here. When we leave here, let it stay here. And let's uh, close and make as best a circle as we can, and we'll close with the, uh, what's the vote? Third step prayer or serenity prayer? Third step. step. We'll close with that. (laughs) Let's have a moment of silence for the addicts still suffering in and outside these rooms. Third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties and take care of them. Witness to those that will help thy power, thy love, and thy life. I'm glad you were here. I have a story for you. Okay. So yesterday I was sitting on one of the flights on Southwest in the exodiles, you know, in the center. So there are 16 of us, three, six in front, six behind, and four of us across. I was in the fourth. And we all have to agree that we'll open the exit door and all that. And the, so the flight attendant did all that. And then he said, uh, if we do, uh, we need to open the exit doors. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.